Welcome to the East African Institute's Outside Looking In podcast. I'm Rosie Jervis from the Aga Khan University East Africa Institute here in Nairobi. Sitting here with me are two interns with AKU, Parneet on my right and Jax on my left. Today we're going to be talking about what it's like living and working in Kenya as foreigners and just coming together to discuss what all of our experiences have been like. So thank you, Parneet and Jax, for being here today. So Parneet, let's start with you. Can you start off by saying where you're from and just give a little bit of a backstory on how you ended up working as an intern in Nairobi? Hey, Rosie. Yeah, so I'm from Calgary, Alberta in Canada, born and raised there. I sort of studied political science there, then went on to get my law degree. Um, And after some time in practice, I went back to school um, and to get my after degree education And while there, I learned about this opportunity. So it was a scholarship, the Queen Elizabeth Jubilee Scholarship. And essentially, they have a partnership with the Aga Khan University. Um, And so, yeah, I've been here since July. Okay, great. Thank you. And Jax, where exactly are you from? And what made you decide to take on this internship in Nairobi? Hey, Rosie. I'm originally from China, mainland China, and I'm studying in Canada. Third year in University of Toronto, majoring in finance is a co-op program. And, you know, I always wanted to experience a working and living culture in a developing countries. I think Kenya, East Africa, it seems to be a perfect choice for me. And I was doing research on traveling last summer and then suddenly I saw this Kenya Masamara, it just blew my mind. And suddenly I saw this post in my school program, a six month internship in Kenya. I was like, I have to be there. So I signed up and... I'm here now. Great. And how has your time been in Kenya so far? I know you mentioned the Maasai Mara. Have you explored over there? Yeah, I had a fantastic time here. I traveled to a couple of places. I've been to Maasai Mara during the Great Migration. I believe Parni been there too. Yeah, it's amazing. And I've been to Lamu, which is on the East Coast, close to Somali. And I got my diving certification in Diani. And yeah, it's been stunning for me. Mm -hmm, That sounds amazing. And what about you, Parneet? Have you managed to explore a little bit and taste some of the the food and experience the culture in Kenya? I haven't been quite as adventurous as Jack's. I didn't get my diving certificate. But um, yeah, we were in the Mara around the same time. Um, And from there, I went to Savo. And I also had a chance to go to Diani. Um, and, and really that was sort of a once in a life, uh, you know, coming from Canada, we don't really have sort of the same landscape or the big game that exists here. I was really impressed by the Kenya Wildlife Service and sort of the conservation work that they've managed to do and really having discussions with some of the rangers. I, I was just really impressed by their commitment to this work. But yeah, beyond the n- natural side of things in Nairobi, there's a lot of good food. I, I think more than anything, I've, yep. I've definitely gone out to the restaurants and uh, Uber Eats has become um, a favorite of mine. <laughs> Same with me. Don't worry. Same boat here. <laughs> so are there some aspects that took you a little longer to get used to coming from Canada and moving to Nairobi? Anything that you had to get accustomed to you know I think originally it was really seamless because coming here with the Aga Khan University um, on an internship program that they've been running for a number of years the logistics were really sort of taken care of you know picked up from the airport lots of Canadian interns uh, which really made that sort of transition you know very easy but as you sort of 
get on with life and just sort of settling into the rhythm of being here, definitely certain things like sort of surprise you or you start noticing some of the nuances. Um, Obviously, there's the infrastructure side of things. You know, I come from a city, which I wouldn't say is the most walkable city in Calgary, uh, in Canada, but, you know, much more walkable than here in terms of sidewalks. Also going to Cabrera and having uh, the chance to drive through there. Actually, Rosie and I went together. Um, You know, that's sort of completely foreign to us uh, in sort of Canadian cities. And what about you, Jax? Are there any aspects that you felt you needed to get used to arriving here in Nairobi? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would say adapting to the environment and, for example, the public transportation that Parnia mentioned. It's, we mostly use Uber here, but sometimes we have to get down a t- Matatu outside of the town. And Matatu is basically like, like a bus, and except it's in a small van and in tiny space to fit in there. Another thing I would say is maybe stealing and snatching on the street can be a problem. So we, we just try not to use our phones on the street. And so how has working in Kenya, for instance, changed or reinforced your perceptions of what international development is? Parnit, I'll ask you this one. So I'm a little older than the other interns. Um, I definitely considered when I was doing my political science degree, going abroad to do sort of development work. I always had an interest in sort of international developing and developed world sort of relations, dependency theory and things like that. But at that stage, I didn't feel I had sort of a specific enough skill set. So it would have very much been kind of a resume building experience, whereas I felt now having sort of a legal background, ending up at a public policy think tank and being sort of involved in educational issues within the city, which is also an area sort of which I'm building expertise in at this stage of my life. I felt like I had a lot more to bring to the table. But, you know, of course, it's still my first time working internationally in this sector. But I think it's been a great learning experience. I think I'll take a lot of that forward with me um, if I do do this sort of work in the future. That's great insight. I'm just going to change it up a little bit. So can each one of you ask each other a question about what their experiences has been like in Kenya or anything you want to know more? So Parnit, can you ask Jax a question? So Jax, if you had to think about the biggest difference between Canada and your experience of Kenya, whether in Nairobi or some of the other places you've traveled to, what do you think that would be? I would say definitely the culture here. It's not only the working culture, it's just the traditional culture is very unique. It's a mix of a tribe culture and religion culture and the trail of colonial history and international influences. It's just the fusion of everything here. Also the tribe culture, a lot of my coworkers' last name is according to their tribe's name. And the religion, people go to church on Sunday and you can really see the food here. It's it's um it's a mix Indian food and African food. You got chapatis on the side and stew beef on the side. So I would say it's very interesting and very unique. And now, Jax, could you ask Parnit your question? Yes, my question would be: Do you ever consider to coming back to Kenya or any other developing country? You know, I think I definitely would. I think this being such a short experience, even though I got to lead a project and a project where I had to deal with sort of urbanization issues or a lot of architectural facets to that. So that really took me outside of my, you know, skill set and comfort zone in a lot of ways. So I think it kind of gives me some confidence 
in terms of if I wanted to come to, you know, a developing country and do work independently, start something of my own and see a project through to completion, I think I would have a better sort of sense of how to do that, um, having kind of worked with Aga Khan University East Africa Institute. So I can't say exactly when I'd come back or whether it would be in Kenya. Kenya, I would definitely come back to travel, though. Like, oh, yeah. If I have kids down the line, like I want them yeah. to see this and especially the conservation work that's going on here. And I love how all the rangers, you know, many of them are, are Maasai and I love the sort of indigenous relationships that exist here. I think the other thing about this being my first experience on the African continent is that you really realize like how much possibility there is here yes. and just how much Kenyans have to offer. Um, I was sort of surprised to learn that they have like the deepest internet penetration than anywhere else in the world. I know. More people are using the internet here than anywhere else in the world. Um, their M-Pesa system is like ingenious if you can't get bank accounts. Um, the level of sort of higher education that people have here is really astounding. Um, obviously, there's issues, you know, but I think that there's so much that's just beautiful here and that you can learn a lot from and take back and sort of makes you rethink the Western way of doing things. Yeah, that's for sure. That's a great point, too. Just to conclude a little bit. So now that you guys, you have this valuable experience working abroad. So what advice would you give to youth who are pursuing a career in the development sector? What would you say to them, first of all? Jax, what would your answer to this be? I would say definitely be open-minded and embrace the culture and don't hesitate to go out and explore. But meanwhile, you need to be sensible and be careful about your surroundings and also trying to learn how to say no to the uncertain areas, to uncertain requests from other people. And what yeah. about you, Parni? What would you what advice would you give to youth? I agree with Jax in the sense of, you know, being able to like say no when you need to. Part of development work, I think, is that you're asked to wear a lot of different hats. Staffing is sort of usually, you know, there's not a lot of money to go around and have big teams. Um, and so often you're asked to sort of be in roles that maybe you don't necessarily always have the skill set for, which is a change from sort of the Canadian context where you have a really specialized role within an organization. So I think that that um, can be a beautiful thing because you have the chance to try things you've never done before. Um, and I think we've all sort of talked about that side of things. But the other side of it is, you know, you want to make sure that you're doing the best job. And so I think my approach to that has been where I don't think I have the expertise and I'm being asked to do something has been to sort of express that and then find a partner who can bring that expertise to the table. So that I absolutely agree with. But I think in terms of advice, I think I would say like to go in with sort of like a humility and like wanting to just learn um, as opposed to thinking you're going to accomplish like heaven and earth within uh, a year or, or whatever. You know, these issues are complex. Uh, it's important to have local voices at the front of them. And I think our role as sort of outsiders is really to provide support where we can, but not to sort of eclipse the agency and the opportunities that should be available to local people. Yeah, so kind of putting the local people at the forefront and Absolutely. just also absorbing like as much knowledge as you can whilst you're there. Yeah, like yeah. I had the chance to go out to the Dandora Transformation League and see the work they're doing. It's honestly amazing and the public space network and just hearing from the youth changing their community in like such a fundamental way 
you know, bringing security um, to their communities, cleaning them up, making them child-friendly, making them places where community building can happen. And, you know, that's really a small group of people changing the lives of everyone in their community. And that, you know, I think is above and beyond anything that I could have imagined. And I think it had to be sort of those local youth at the forefront for it to have the meaning that it has. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point how you mentioned as we are outsiders coming in, looking in, just like this podcast. And yeah, you're right. Like the locals, they do have the back knowledge, like the history about the environment. So it's great, for instance, organizations like Dandora Transformation League, the youth are the leaders and they're the ones taking control yeah. and really transforming their communities. Well, thank you both, Parni and Jax, for chatting with me today and discussing both of your views on Kenya. It's been very riveting, this conversation. Thanks, Rosie. Thank you. Thank you. So now that we've heard from Parni and Jax, if you have any comments on what you've heard, thoughts on a topic you want to discuss in future podcasts, or even if you'd like to be a part of the podcast, please feel free to email me, which is found on our East African Institute Outside Looking In SoundCloud. And remember to stay tuned for upcoming episodes on the Outside Looking In podcast series. Thank <laughs> you.